Welcome to Inside the Writer's Room, a podcast of the Choices Program at Brown University, where we take a look at some of the discussions behind the writing of Choices Curriculum for High Schools. We hope that these conversations will help spark ideas for the classroom. My name is Tanya Waldberger, and on today's episode, we will be talking about role-playing as a way to get students thinking about multiple perspectives. With us today from Choices, we have Mimi Stevens, our Director of Professional Development, and Mackenzie Abernethy of the Choices Writing Team. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us today. And we're delighted to welcome Celeste Reynolds, who teaches 8th through 12th grade at the Mashpee High School in Massachusetts. Celeste, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. In thinking about this idea of role-playing and understanding multiple perspectives, I'm reminded of something a colleague of ours said during a workshop she led for high school students here at Brown. And she said, I do not have the right to critique what you are saying until I have fulfilled my obligation to understand what you are saying. And to me, this is really at the heart of why we use the role play as a learning tool in our curriculum. So for listeners who may not be familiar with it, how are role play activities used in Choices curriculum? Well, at the core of every Choices unit is what we call the options role play activity, which challenges students to step into different perspectives of decision makers on a turning point in history or a contested issue in current events. Students are assigned roles, such as committee member or concerned citizens, along with a perspective that they may or may not agree with, but that they come to understand. They defend this position with evidence from class, and they question and challenge other opinions in order to create constructive dialogue with classmates. So the role play is really just a starting point for students to develop skills as critical thinkers. After the role play, students debrief the options as a class. They also consider how their own beliefs and values may impact different groups of people, along with relevant public policy issues and the trajectory of our shared history. One of the reasons that I really love the role play is that it's important to get students away from what I call the just nukem mentality. That is, if you ask a group of 16-year-olds, what do you think our policy should be towards China? Or what should the U.S. response be to genocide? They often have a simple, quick answer that is probably not very well thought out. By participating in a role play, students get to hear and critique different ideas and perspectives so that after the role play, they can have a stronger, more coherent perspective and they can likely articulate and defend it better. Really, the whole point of the role play is to set students up so that they can formulate their own perspective or opinion. And that's really critical thinking at its finest. Celeste, as a teacher, from your experience, why have you found the role play to be an effective tool? I have found that role play helps my students uh, learn how to articulate perspectives that they might not have understood prior to the lesson. And afterwards, they have a better understanding of their own perspective as well as other perspectives. Then they're able to identify their own values regarding the topic. And I find that they're able to articulate why they prefer one perspective over the other with good reason. Can you tell us how you've used role plays in some of your classes? Currently, I teach a class called Current Events. And just last week, I used the United States role in a changing world role play. And students were broken up into five groups, and four of the groups were given a perspective to present. 
And then the fifth group was assigned as a committee on foreign relations of the U.S. Senate. And it was their job to look over all the other perspectives and come up with three questions that they would like to ask the other groups while they were giving their presentations. So do you assign particular students a position that you know they disagree with to really challenge them? No, I actually always assign my students randomly. I have them draw out of a bowl, and they are assigned that perspective. That's really great, Celeste, because I think it's really hard to argue and advocate for a position that you don't really believe in, and you have to really be able to pull it apart and make a great case for it, even when you don't believe in it. So I think it's a much harder um, activity when you're trying to argue and advocate a perspective that you don't personally believe in. And often students will come up to me and beg (laughs) to be moved to a different perspective or to a different role, and I will not let them. And I am very adamant that they learn a perspective that they might not understand. And oftentimes when we have finished the exercise, they thank me because it opened their mind and they have a better understanding of that perspective. They might not agree with it, but they understand it. How else do you prep students for success with the role play? Well, first I give my students readings. Then they discuss at length in class discussion. I always break my students up into groups, and within the group I use Socratic seminar for my students to to discuss the readings. I use the advanced study guide questions that are within the choices curriculum to facilitate group discussion. And after completing all the readings, I randomly assign, once again, students to a group and give them a perspective to present, and then we do the role play. And within each group, students are assigned a certain specific role, uh, such as a group organizer, foreign policy advisor, economic expert, military expert, historian. Uh, So everybody has a role in the group. That's interesting. Because sometimes teachers tell me that they use the questions on the advanced study guides um, as essay questions or as tests, but you use them as a prep for the role play. So speaking of assessment, how do you assess student learning in the role play? I use several rubrics that help me score a student during class discussion as well as during the role plays. Uh, It's a requirement each student in my class must participate in the role play as well in class discussion. What I'm hearing is that it's important to get students to sometimes argue for a perspective they don't agree with. But what about situations where those perspectives might be really inflammatory or violent or racist? How do you deal with situations like that? That's a really great question, Tanya. Um, The Choices Program has some units where we don't have an options role play, but instead we have something called a perspectives activity. The perspective activity is similar to the role play in that students examine and present various perspectives on a central question, but it differs from a traditional role play in that students do not go back in time and take on assigned roles to argue and advocate. Instead, they act as historians working today. So they're still learning about and understanding and presenting various perspectives, but they're not taking on those roles. One choices unit that incorporates this perspectives activity is the Colonization and Independence in Africa unit. Celeste, can you share how you've used this particular perspectives activity in your classroom? Yes, I teach advanced placement human geography to ninth graders, and my students have not learned about colonialism, and it's necessary for them to understand in the course uh, about colonialism and how it impacted cultures such as language, religion, as well as borders. 
this unit is perfect uh, because my students can learn about colonialism and the effects of it in a short time frame. Uh, what I do is I give my students nightly readings, and then we discuss the readings in class the next day. And then I assign students four groups, and each group is assigned a case study. And each group had readings on each case, and they present their case to the class. And each group had an essential question that they were to address in their presentation. I also give each student a graphic organizer so that when the other groups are presenting, they are able to record the information um, it's my goal to have the students compare and contrast European and African views in different regions of Africa regarding colonialism. And when when we complete the unit, um, my students have a very strong understanding of the impacts of colonialism. Just recently, last week, the day after I completed the unit, I gave my students a frequent response question that specifically asked them to describe superimposed boundaries and political and cultural consequences of superimposed boundaries in Africa. And this particular unit really helped my students gain a deeper understanding of colonialism that they need to be successful in the AP exam. Oh, so you actually use this unit with AP Human Geography students, even though it's a world history unit. You know, I've heard that a lot of geography teachers also use our Westward Expansion unit because that unit, although it's a U.S. history unit, has a lot of great material for geography teachers. Yes, the Westward Expansion is one of our units that incorporates a perspectives activity in which students explore a range of viewpoints, including those of some Mexican-Americans and U.S. settlers and some female Apache leaders. But instead of taking on these roles themselves, students act as historians with information about individuals who have influenced society. This allows students to acknowledge that they might not know the whole story, but these primary sources can serve as a starting point to discuss a conflict that has spanned generations. So students discuss how cultural misunderstandings may have led to violence or how cooperation may have occurred despite differing viewpoints. So as someone who is not a teacher, I have never had to actually facilitate a role play in a classroom. So Celeste, I was wondering, have you ever had a role play go terribly? Not really. Uh, for the most part, I find my students really enjoy the role plays, and they often go over the time limit. Students who tend to be a little less vocal in class tend to be a little timid at first, but as the year progresses, they have done several role plays, and you can really see how they become more confident in sharing their voice with the class. I find the more engaged my students become, the more they understand the content, the more they enjoy my class. And I just add that the risk of a role play mishap is a small bump in the road that's worth the significant outcomes, such as the communication skills that students can develop from learning to consider multiple perspectives before they form their own opinion. And when we can consider multiple accounts that shape our history, we become more able to work through our disagreements together. I want to thank you all for sharing your insights and experiences. For our listeners out there who are looking for some additional resources on how to use the role play, including modifying it, adapting it for your classroom, and assessment rubrics, be sure to check out the Teacher's Corner section of our website, choices.edu. You can even watch a video of a student role play in action. The Choices program is based at Brown University School of Professional Studies and the Watson Institute for International and Public Affairs. This has been Inside the Writer's Room. Thank you for listening. Thank you.